All right, we're going to invite kids to be dismissed at this time. And as they're being dismissed, I'm going to transition us to a unique sermon series that we're beginning today. Many of you know that throughout the history of Mercy Hill Church, we love to teach through the scriptures in what we call an expository manner. What we mean by that is we'll begin where a book of the Bible begins, like in John chapter 1 or Matthew chapter 1. And rather than allowing culture or um, our own wisdom to determine what needs to be preached that day, we'll just begin where the scriptures begin and work through them, expounding uh, what God has said and what it means and how it applies to our life today. We're going to take a break from our typical expository sermon series And just for the next four weeks, we're going to begin to share some of the stories from missional community life over the last couple of years. How many of y'all love a good story? Man, I love storytelling. I grew up in a family where every time we gathered around the holidays, my grandparents and my uncles and aunts would share stories. My granddad would tell stories of killing squirrels when he was young and mailing them to his dentist in Birmingham, Alabama for one quarter apiece to go towards his dentist bill. I mean, just unique stories that you hear that are so different from the time and place that we find ourselves. You know, so often when we open the scriptures, we see a God who is alive and active and at work. But when we think about how God impacts and interacts with our own story, sometimes our lives can seem a bit ordinary or even pedestrian. Sometimes we look backwards as we think about God's work, but we don't think about how God is at work today. In this sermon series, we've asked each missional community if they would just take a week and if they would share how God has been at work over the last months and years within their lives. You know, sometimes we look at our life and we think, God, what are you doing today? But it's really important to take time to look back at the last month, the last year, the last season, in order to see how God has been at work. So this is the Stigler and the Jacobs missional community. They've recently multiplied. They're going to tell you more about that. Now, I want to pray over them and uh, pray that our hearts would be receptive, that we would be open to hearing from multiple teachers this morning and hearing how God has been at work. Father, thank you that you've written the most amazing story. And God, even though we know how it ends, you've invited us into that story. And Father, would you please forgive us for all the times in which we don't believe that the unique story that you've given us, that that we don't believe it matters. God, you are the one who are writing our story. You're the maker of heaven and earth. You made the oceans and the sun in all its brilliance. And God, the sunrise that we saw this morning with its wonderful hues, that's the same, you're the same writer of our stories. And so God, I pray today as a congregation that we, as Mercy family, that we would listen wholeheartedly, that we would listen attentively to understand, Holy Spirit, how you want to speak to our hearts in the areas where we believe you and need to be encouraged and in the areas where we yet don't believe. God, would you use uh, these 
seemingly ordinary people who are your sons and daughters, and that makes them not ordinary but extraordinary. God, would you use them today to impact our hearts and our lives? It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Good. My name is Jared. Uh, I just want to take just a, a quick minute before we start and just introduce everybody. Um, so again, my name is Jared. This is my wife, Caitlin. So our MC is made up of, uh, of course, us, the Stiglers and the Jacobs, Tim and Angel, and Baby Hayes, of course, is part of, uh, part of our family as well. And the Pens, Michael and Kristen, um, their children, uh, they have Jordan and Cadence, and Jadavian is part of our, uh, part of our family too. And David on the end, and Whitney, who is here this morning, she's waving in the back. Whitney's on call for work, and so we weren't sure if she was going to be able to actually be here or not. She's on her way out, actually. So have a, have a good day at work. So this is why we didn't include Whitney to be up here. So we, we figured this might happen. And the Maynards, uh, Jen and Jerry and baby Evan, are also part of our missional community. And so uh, we, we keep praying for Jen. She's expecting uh, baby Evan any minute now or any day or sometime soon. So we're excited for them, excited to, uh, to be growing, um, even if it's by, uh, by having children. So we're excited about that. Um, just wanted to, to share quickly just some, some background and our, our story of our missional community. And like Brad mentioned, we recently multiplied. And, and so this particular missional community is still pretty new, uh, still feels new. And so going back past that, I'm going to take us all the way back to 2012. Uh, in 2012, we multiplied a missional community out of Brad and Katie's missional community. And that missional community started with just uh, really just five individuals. Uh, at the time, it was uh, Caitlin and I and the Smiths, Justin and Jessica. Some of you may remember them. Uh, they were part of Mercy Hill uh, for a time. And John Ernest was, uh, was at the time part of our missional community. And so we multiplied out of them. That was, I believe, April of 2012. And we had a, a surprise visit. The, the first time we ever met as a missional community, we were all talking about, hey, is this going to be really awkward because there's just five of us? So are we just all going to sit around and look at each other and say, this is missional community, there's five of us. Um, but we had a surprise that the very first time we ever met as a missional community, uh, the Braswells came. So Peter and Lori came, and um, that, was a, that was a real blessing to us, because of course when you start with five, you start to think, how are we going to grow this thing? And uh, luckily, we, we grew it the first night. So we had a new family come, and uh, Braswells came that first night. And that, that first night always brings a good story to mind for me. That was uh, just before Easter, and we had most of us had never met the Braswells before. This was the first time ever meeting Peter and Lori. They, they come into our home for missional community, and uh, we spent some time that night uh, just studying God's Word together and spending time together as a spiritual family. And uh, the Holy Spirit led, led Peter to do something that was a little unique, uh, at least for my background, it was a little unique. Um, but towards the end of our time together, Peter said, and now that I know Peter, this doesn't surprise me at all. At the time, it, was, it surprised me a little. Peter said, hey, uh, I know that this is maybe a little different, but I would love to wash y'all's feet. And uh, so... We, we took just a second to be sure, okay, he's serious. So, so we, we got a bucket of water, and we allowed uh, Peter to wash our feet. And looking back on it, I, I really think that God used that story um, to communicate to us, hey, this, this is going to be different, and it's going to be different in a really good way, in a way that, that 
what is effectively a stranger, but because we have a bond and a unity in Christ, because of Christ, someone can come into your home and wash your feet and it not be weird and it be good and it be holy. And so that's, that's just a great story of kind of where we started out and where we started from. And we grew from there. So that was 2012. And um, everything wasn't always rosy. One mistake that, that we made, I think, when we multiplied, we, we multiplied without a real clear vision, uh, without a real clear um, mission. And Tim's actually going to share a little more about what that was like for our missional community and, and trying, to, trying to figure out what does mission look like for us as a missional community. And so that was, a, that was a time of struggle that we had. And our mission finally gained a little bit of clarity actually earlier this year. And Caitlin's going to share a little more about how our mission came to be a little more clear, how the Holy Spirit used even other people around us to make that happen, and then uh, a little more on just our vision for our mission. Yeah, um, we went to Elders and Wives Retreat in January, um, so the Dunlaps and the Stewards and our family, and a topic of conversation was kind of the Stigler's mission, like what is your missional community, who are you serving, what are you who are you working alongside? And um, I think at that point, and Tim will get into it a little more, Jared and I were pretty discouraged. We, it wasn't necessarily a topic of conversation that was really fun. I feel like in our triangle of like up in and out, we had the end going really well. And um, we're studying the Lord's Word together, but the out of like who we were serving and what we were doing was always not a really super fun conversation. And so um, at Elders and Wives Retreat, Jamie just said at one time she said I don't understand how this isn't working she was like look at what you're already doing and so we talked about what are we doing um what has the who has the Lord brought to us and it was very clear that the Lord had um put foster care and adoption in um our missional community just with the families that were involved and so we began we took that kind of big umbrella foster care and adoption just began dreaming and um, through that, just saw that our big, like, broad perspective was um, foster care and adoption, and then figuring out, like, what would it look like? How can we narrow that down? Um, and we're going to get into more details of that later, but through that, realized that Safe Families, um, through Bethany Christian Services, was going to kind of be how we were going to specifically serve through foster care and adoption. Um, one way that, that came about that was just a really sweet um, just testament of the Lord was we have an apartment in our in the in our backyard um, that's over our garage and it's been empty um, since we moved in two years ago and so as we were just thinking and dreaming at the elders and wives retreat we were saying like how could we use this Katie is y'all have heard her say many times that um, housing is just a really big struggle with some of her safe families and so we were we just had this vision like. We, talking through it, how can we use the apartment? And so we came back, honestly, in January thinking by the springtime, we will have this apartment up and running. Um, however, so when you buy a house from 1927, sometimes there's some issues. And so we had a plumbing situation that we could not add any more plumbing to our current plumbing until we fixed it. And as you know, that's like a super expensive, it's just a huge cost. Um, but through that conversation, we had presented the apartment idea to our missional community and just said, we would love for you to come alongside and pray with us about this. 
And the Braswells also had a house at that point that was much larger than our apartment. And we also talked about at um, the Elders and Wives Retreat, what if, like, not only did we use our apartment, but, like, one day, and, I mean, we literally thought this would be years. Like, what if we used the Braswells' apartment for, say, families, moms, too? And the Lord just totally had a different plan. Um, he, we kind of talked through our apartment with the Braswells also about their home. And y'all know the story of the Mercy House from there, but it is just the Lord has really taken that and um, just used that. And so our apartment didn't turn out kind of the way that we had expected, but that conversation led to like, how can we partner with safe families, even if it's not the way that we originally thought. Um, So umbrella of foster care and adoption, more specifically with safe families, with the kids that are being hosted and um, the host family, so how we can come alongside them, um, having been foster parents before and things like that, how can we come alongside them and serve them? And then ultimately, our vision is that we would see people come to know Christ as we just pursue him together and that we would love each other, all of us on stage and um, the people in our group, that we would just love each other like family and just serve him together. And so that's our big vision and like kind of where the Lord has taken us. Um, it hasn't, we haven't always been able to articulate it that clearly. And so Tim's going to kind of walk you through that, Tim and Angel. Um, so going back, kind of the first, um, probably organization we kind of partnered with was Habitat for Hope, um, which was a faith-based organization, um, that served and in some cases housed ill patients, um, in Memphis, uh, mainly St. Jude and Le Bonner, um, and we kind of, we didn't really, our group didn't really, we weren't fully bought in. Um, we had, you know, participated in some events with them and tried to serve um, um, some of their, um, you know, some of the patients. Um, in one case, particularly, we had, we had kind of um, adopted a family that we were going to take dinner to and try to build relationship with. And we did that for a while. Um, but again, it wasn't really, we didn't really have the buy-in from the whole group. We were probably about 50%. Um, for, for various reasons. Um, and I really don't want to downplay um, our time with Habitat for Hope because um, the one family that we did really spend time with, um, a couple of us, partic- particularly Tiffany, um, really developed a very strong relationship with um, that continued until, I mean, it's, it's still continued, um, continuing today um, for a family that really needed um, a support, you know, um, structure while they were in Memphis because they weren't from here. Um, so, you know, it was, it, was, it was glorifying to God, I think, even if it was just for that one family that we were able to impact. Um, but, again, I think overall the group just, we weren't bought into it. It just didn't feel like that was what we all wanted to be involved in necessarily. Um, it didn't feel right. Um, so we kind of went through a, a season in our mission community where we were um, spent many months talking about mission. Um, and Caitlin reminded me of, uh, maybe I made the analogy of, it just felt like there was a rain cloud over our um, MC, which I don't recall making that, but it sounds like something I would. Um, if there's one thing that Angel and I don't like to do, it's to beat um, a topic to death or talk about it too much. Um, and personally, I think that we even some weeks dreaded coming to MC, just knowing that we're going to talk about this again. And it just seemed like it wasn't going anywhere. And we, we would have discussions um, and ideas would be thrown out there. And it just didn't seem, again, like the whole group was bought into um, the mission. Um, so we spent a lot of time praying, you know, just hoping that God would put something on our heart that the whole group could kind of get involved in. 
Um, so during our, our um, discussions, we had thrown out, you know, maybe we need to have like a parents' night out where we would, um, you know, watch kids so that parents of the church or in the neighborhood could go out and have a date night, um, you know, host activities with the kids, stuff like that. Um, we also talked about, you know, we had the, the bigger umbrella of um, DCS and foster care, so maybe we needed to become more involved in DCS um, events. Um, several of the families in our mission community were already um, involved with DCS, whether being resource families or just being involved in some of the events. So we, we did a few things. We went um, and helped host a, the Christmas party for um, them and, and did some other activities with the kids. But still, it, it just didn't seem... Um, it was better. I mean, it seemed like things were going in the right direction, um, but um, I just think that the the, uh, the looming cloud over our MC was kind of bringing us down, and we just didn't have um, a clear vision of what God had in store for us. Um, some other things that we had talked about, too, was just maybe just trying to, um, you know, volunteer with existing organizations that we could, you know, kind of get our feet wet and see maybe what our group was interested in as a whole. Um, I don't know that that really came to fruition, Um because um, kind of intermittently, too, we were, go we were studying um, the Word together kind of through video series um, or just, you know, studying Scripture um, to kind of get our minds off of it. So that kind of went to the wayside. We kind of, I think we just thought that we needed to let, um, you know, stop thinking that we were in control of the situation. We just had to let God, um, you know, direct us and put, you know, when it was time, He was going to put um, on our heart what we, what we would be best um, to do and to serve. Um, so... Um, kind of, you know, probably as time went on, we started hearing more about safe families. Obviously, Katie's involvement with that was a big, um, you know, um, factor in that. And it just seemed like that was a recurring theme that, you know, we, we know we want to be involved with foster care and adoption. Um, we have this great um, organization that um, is growing and, you know, with the Braswell House and the, the apartment um, above the Stigler's um, garage, it just seemed like this was really a path that was, you know, probably going to help us serve um, women in, in Memphis the best and children. Um, and, it, you know, I think just God put it on our heart. I think that part of that was we, we just kept hearing about it, and we just thought that this is really the direction that we could see our MC going. Um, and I, I think it, it kind of lightened the mood for a while, and we just kind of, you know, mulled over it for a while, and, and, and it's coming to fruition now. Um, which Angel's going to talk a little bit more about, um, maybe a little speed bump that we had um, with getting our mission off the ground and running. So while we were talking about mission and praying about it and just trying to determine what we wanted to do, we were planning on multiplying. We had gotten to be this really big group, and it was difficult to, you know, prepare food for everybody. It just seemed like such a task. If it was your week, it's like, oh, how am I going to make enough food for potentially 30 people. So it just, you know, seemed right to us at the time that, you know, this was, we were going to multiply. Um, you know, even though at the time we didn't have a mission nailed down, um, we still felt like, you know, this was the right thing to do, um, which even previously the, when the um, MC multiplied, there wasn't a mission. So we were kind of repeating that again. Um, we just were really kind of, you know, on the path to multiply. Um, so, during that time is when the Nasons found out about the triplets. So we, you know, they came to the MC and we're talking about it. And, you know, we, of course, all were like discussing and praying for them and, you know, going alongside them. And 
we just kind of felt like in that moment, God was kind of directing us to maybe halt, you know, put pause on multiplying right now and, you know, kind of go alongside the nascents. And, you know, it was adopting three children is a lot. So just go along and, you know, help where we could kind of make that our mission in the meantime until we really found something that everybody could, you know, get, get behind. Um, yes, yeah, so and now the pens are going to talk about how they came to our entity. Real quickly, the pens are going to share their story, and they're going to share more about their involvement with Safe Families and how they got to be involved with Safe Families and then how they ended up being a part of our MC. Um, but that... I agree with everything Tim said. Uh, we started to refer to missions as as the M word, uh, which which is terrible, but that's it is kind of how it felt because we we had a desire uh, to be on mission, but we we just felt like everything that we tried to do, the Lord kept kind of pushing pause on it. And so I wanted to share just a quick passage of scripture. This is Acts sixteen verses six through ten, and this is Paul on one of his missionary journeys. Um, the passage says this. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And so passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. During that time where mission was just a struggle for us and, and where we didn't know, um, when we didn't have a lot of clarity in what it was that God was calling us to, this was a passage that we looked at and, and referred to several times. And so we just started praying that, that the Lord would send us our own um, vision of a man from Macedonia, that we would be spirit-led in that, that we wouldn't just try to do things for the sake of doing them or for the sake of being on mission but that he would give us patience. Because I, I think part of our problem was we didn't have a lot of patience to wait to hear from the Spirit. We, we just wanted to try to do something to be on mission for the sake of being on mission. Um, and so we were excited, uh, how Caitlin mentioned earlier, we were excited that we feel like the finally the, the Lord is, is giving us some clarity on what mission looks like for us. And uh, the Pens are going to share more about their involvement with Safe Families and what led them to be a part of our MC. So. Hi. So um, I'm Kristen Penn. And um, how we became involved in Safe Families was kind of a series of events. Um, the first thing was um, a gathering that we had, I think, late summer. And Katie um, Dunlap, Brad's wife, came on stage and um, she really just began to share her heart for Safe Families. And her passion stirred something up in my spirit, and I didn't want it to be stirred up. Um, I teach in an urban environment in, well, North Memphis in middle school, so I feel like my, our schedules are really jam-packed. My um, work day is from 7 to 4.30, and it's, it feels like a long day, and so I was kind of pushing against what the spirit was where the Spirit was leading, and God, knowing that I'm hard-headed, um, decided to give me a, a push on my heart in a different way. 
And uh, one Sunday when I was serving in the nursery, I was um, holding Mary, Ben and Jessica's um, foster daughter. And she was just looking at me and loving on me. And God just started to move on my heart again. You know, just such a small child. And, um, and another lady was serving there, and she was telling me who Mary was, and I, and I didn't know. And, uh, yeah, so just, you know, the touch of a child, God knew how to get to me <laughs> real good that way. And um, then in the, the uh, missional community group we were in, Rosie and Alex Hunt um, started walking us through a book called The Spirit-Filled Life by Charles Stanley. And I was reading it, this, this, passage, this passage stuck out to me when I was thinking, how could we fit another child in our lives? You know, with our two kids, how, how could we make this work? And as Michael and I were reading through this book, I pulled this off my mirror this morning because it's stuck to my mirror, but it says, when we minister to others through our gifts, we are tapping into the inexhaustible energy and motivation of God. When we exercise our gifts, the Holy Spirit flows through us like at no other time. We are doing what we have been called and equipped to do. We experience an extra measure of energy and joy. And I read that every morning as I'm getting ready for work, and I think, I can't do this. Like, I can't. And it's only knowing the Holy Spirit working and moving through us um, that we're able to complete what he's called us to do. So when we think, like, how can we fit another bed in this? How many square foot house? 1,000 square foot house with our two kids and our giant dog and our five chickens. The chickens aren't in the house. But <laughs> how, can we, how can we fit this in? And I just have to go back to the fact that it's God working and moving through us, and that creates the space. And um, it's just been pure joy working with safe families. It's messy. It's so messy. And um, time and time again, we have to go back to um, just loving on the, the moms involved and the children involved and knowing that it's not going to be perfect or the way we want it, and we have to completely release control and let God be the one that's in control. Um, and so that's been um, beautiful to see God just teaching us through this process. And the, the question I'm going to answer is kind of how what brought us to the, the Stigler Jacobs MC. Um, the mission, uh, I don't I don't remember how long ago it was, but the, when we announced the multiplication, um, and they were announcing the different missions that they were both being a part of. Uh, I mean, it was pretty obvious as what we've been doing uh, with Safe Families. It was it was a, a must to partner. Uh, so we felt the need to be a part of a mission that aligned with our own mission and being um, and being a part of a mission that is about Safe Families and the kids. Uh, was kind of a no-brainer for us. And um, we desired to be uh, helping the kids of safe families to flourish through loving on them um, alongside their real families. And um, it's easy, I, I don't know if, you know, through foster care, uh, you know, like the DCS type of foster care, that I don't, I don't feel like the, the mother or the father are quite as involved. And I think that is 
some of the messiness, but I think it's also very beautiful. I mean, when Ashley came into uh, our MC on Thursday, that's uh, Jadavian's mother, um, and she laid some some heavy news on us and was just helping, uh, or was just dropping by to say hello. But um, even the messy is beautiful, and I, I just I think that um, being around uh, that context and helping those children has been eye-opening. I mean, so many times we can easily uh, just get so caught up in our schedules and and uh, A to B is the only thing that matters, but really uh, it's helped us stop and look at uh, Jadavian and what he needs and how we can live on him well. And uh, sometimes that means it's more busy, but you know, the, the love is more important and, and living on God's mission, not our own. Um, but we, we were brought to the Stigler, uh, Jacobs, by let, uh, I feel like letting God provide for the kids how he sees fit and being a vessel for his plan. This is a very important part of what Safe Families has been about for us personally. I felt that the, the MC really shared that heart and mentality of provision when it comes to Safe Families kids specifically. Uh, after we prayed about it and took on being a part of Safe Families, we desired to use the passion we've developed and the perspective we've gained to hopefully be an impact on new host families and the kids around us. I think that um, if if you lay expectation at the feet of what you're taking on with Safe Families, I, it was very easy to see where you've, you know, coming from like a, I don't know, middle class for lack of, not really, but... Um, from a middle-class economic standpoint, I mean, there's a lot of different perspective that without really letting God just work, things would be very frustrating and very, um, they would they would get dark easily, but with God and and his plan being the focus and the reason we do things, I, it's, it's, it's joyful. It's, there's no other way of putting it. I mean, I, you're sad when you when you see that child go back, but at the same time, I mean, there's nothing more beautiful than that. I mean, the the goal of say families being to help that mother to stand on her own two feet and to uh, bring them back into a family unit. But uh, you love these kids, and they're <laughs> they're uh, they're joyful, and they're and they love you just as much as you love them, and that is beautiful. And so. Stigler MC is really, Stigler Jacobs MC has been very helpful for us. And, um, and so we felt that they, their mission has been perfect for our family. And so that's what kind of brought us to them. Good morning, everybody. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to go into a little bit more specifics on uh, kind of what we've come up with. We You've heard kind of the, Caitlin talked about kind of the overall mission, uh, foster care and adoption, working with safe families. Um, so I'm going to go into a little bit more specifics for that and what um, we hope that will look like. And then also maybe some prayer requests um, that we've come up with as well. So uh, more specifics, um, we're, we're aiming to especially reach um, the host families and work with the children um, as well. So 
some things we've talked about doing is um, a lot of childcare where needed, um, just giving uh, host families uh, a break and um, watching the kids having um, just whatever I guess date nights for the for the host families where they can go and and take a break and um, we can also just kind of take that that time to meet the children in the program too. Um, another thing was just um, coming up every so often with big group activities where um, the moms, uh, kids, and uh, host families can all uh, spend time together, do picnic or um, just some type of big group activity where um, they can all hang out and get to know each other better. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously uh, the Braswell's house is still a work in progress, so that's kind of another um, an, another specific way, I guess, that that we're working um, towards that, and that's where the um, the moms will have a place to stay, or at least a few of them will have a place to stay um, there. So that house is still being um, constructed, and then if if we do have the opportunity, um, hopefully there will be kind of a varying age group and have even opportunities to um, to do things with uh, youth if they're in the program too and get them involved here um, if we can. So those are a few of the specifics. And then um, some, some prayer requests um, that just came to my mind um, or that that this whole thing wouldn't be, I think it'd be easy to make this whole thing a project. Um, I mean, working on the house and just kind of trying to be available to, to watch kids and um, step in when you're needed. Um, I feel like that can get, if we don't have the right attitude about it, it can get to be a project and just completion dates and um, okay, like, I helped them last week, whatever, they should be good for another month. Um, but it, I guess uh, one of the biggest prayer requests I can think of would just be um, just that we'd, it'd be an outpouring of the gospel um, in our lives and hearts and that uh, it wouldn't be any type of a checklist, but um, we just try to make ourselves available and uh, look for opportunities to show love to those that we've committed to um, to standing by and helping with. And then the other thing is just kind of going along with it, uh, that we wouldn't put this mission, you know, that we've, that we've uh, kind of established and, and set up, that we wouldn't put that on a pedestal, um, that, you know, the, the gospel would still be the center of our lives, and this would be kind of... A, a reasonable um, outpouring of that, that that would be kind of just a result and not the, the end goal. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have. I hope I'm not stealing any of your thunder for our, your conclusion. But I just want to say that I think, too, that um, the Pens joining our um, missional community with Judavian and then Ashley, um, us being able to host Ashley in the Stigler's um, apartment above, above the garage is just a testament of the plan that God has in motion for our MC. Um, you know, we weren't planning on um, using that apartment right now. Um, you know, it was kind of a 
Caitlin texted us and said, we have a mom that needs somewhere to live, and we need you all over here now. And we had a good group that showed up, and we got it put together, and she moved in the same day. Um, so I think that both of those, you know, my fear that I had expressed is that, um, you know, once the Braswa or the Mercy House is done, is we're going to have three rooms, um, two or three rooms ready to be filled. And my fear is that we're going to fill those three rooms up quickly and get over our heads, um, you know, because it's going to be dirty. It's going to be messy. Um, but I think that, like I said, the pen's coming, and then having Ashley has really given our, um, you know, our two missional communities a chance to get our feet wet. Um, Ashley's great. <laughs> She's very motivated. Um, so it, it's, it's been a good way to kind of transition into whatever God has in store for us in the future. That's great. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, so we, we really feel like we are just scratching the surface of a partnership with Safe Families and what that can look like. Uh, so we multiplied in September, and so it's, it's still October today. And so we're, we're still new at this, and we still have a lot of dreams and a lot of vision for things that we really haven't had the opportunity yet to really see play out. And so we're excited about those things. We're excited to see what God has planned for us in the future. Um, I'm in a coffee group with uh, David and Tim, and we've been reading through the book of Ephesians together Uh, I just wanted to share, we can close with this. Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so I I think as we talk about ways you can pray for our missional community, um, we would just ask that you guys would pray that we would walk according to the works that God has prepared for us and not trying to do things in our own strength or in our, in our own way, uh, that we would be faithful to build relationships. Safe Families is an incredible program, um, but programs don't change people's lives. Relationships on the gospel change people's lives. And so uh, pray that we would be intentional about building those relationships. We build those relationships with uh, with the kids who are in safe families, we build those relationships with the moms, we build them even with the host families, uh, that we would be intentional about ways to serve and ways that we can be creative in serving. Uh, those are all things that we're looking forward to in the future. Those are all kind of big dreams that we have down the road. So please join us in praying for those. And we just want to say thank you um, for listening this morning. Thank you for just allowing us to share our hearts. And uh, thank you again for praying for us. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. We're going we're gonna to close out. I think the band's going to come back up, and we have, uh, we have some more music. Uh, but let me pray for us, and we'll, we'll get our seats back in the corner so you guys can have the stage. Father, we thank you for today. God, thank you uh, for a church family that desires to hear what you're doing, God, in the lives of, of the body. God, thank you for being gracious to us. God, thank you for, for salvation that comes through Christ. Uh, God, that that all of this, God, everything that happens in mission, God, is a result of of you. God, it's a result of our relationship with you, and it's a result of of the gospel. And so, God, I pray that that would be true. God, I pray that that would be true in our missional community and each of the other missional communities. God, everything that we do, it's not simply us trying to conjure up something or trying to be busy for you, but God, it's out of an overflow of your Spirit. And so, God, I pray that your spirit would continue to lead us and guide us. God, I pray that we would have hearts that are open and available. And, Father, that you would give us a vision that is so much bigger than anything we can come up with on our own. 
God, that you would give us a a truly God-sized vision for your kingdom. And God, that we would be obedient to follow hard after you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.